You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Chen. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. John chapter 11, verse number 30. Let's all read together, shall we? Read together out loud in unison. We're going to read verse 30 through verse 36. Let's have our cell phones off, if we could, cell phones off or on, on vibrate, and uh, make sure that we are focusing in here. John chapter 11, verse 30. Ready, begin. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. The Jews then, which were with her in the house, and comforted her when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled, and said, Where have ye laid him? They said unto him, Lord... Come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. I'm preaching on amazing grace. Lord, I ask that you would be with me tonight. Help me to preach with power and boldness. Lord, if there is one here that does not know you for sure, uh, does not know you as their Savior for sure, Lord, please let tonight be the night where they trust in you as Savior. The devil has a grip on their heart. He has a grip on their soul. He's going to do everything that he can to distract them. He's going to do everything he can to to drag them down to hell. But I ask, Lord, that you would gain the victory tonight and that you would speak to their hearts as only you can as I try my best to, to speak to the minds of your people here. Lord, those hearts that are heavy, let them be lifted. Those minds that are far off, let them be drawn in. Lord, those hearts that are wandering, please let them, be, let them be brought home. We ask this in your name and your name alone. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much for standing. Can you think of something that you just have to have? Some people call them uh, the essentials, right? Uh, before I traveled to, to Brazil, Brother Jonathan Hernandez told me, listen, we have a gift basket for you here, and we'll be able to take you to grocery stores and different things while you're here in Colombia and Brazil. But if there is anything that you absolutely have to have, you need to bring it down with you. And you all know me enough. I took fudge rounds with me, a lot of fudge rounds. Now, the day that I took them down, apparently little Debbies are hard to get down there. So I ended up giving away half of my stash to the kids that were there, and I had to ration the rest of the time. Um, but I had my fudge rounds. Now, we each have something that we need in order to make it through life. And looking through, I, I know a lot of you, it's coffee. You're always carrying around coffee. Um, some of you, it's just sugar of any kind, caffeine of any kind. Um, it might be food. It might be a certain possession. I don't know. It's, uh, for the most part, it's different for each of us. But there is one thing, one amazing thing that we need, that we all need each and every day to make it through, and that's grace. G-R-A-C-E, God's riches at Christ's expense, unmerited favor, 
God giving us what we don't deserve. I've heard those. I've heard many more definitions about grace. But there's another definition of grace that people don't quote as often as the others. But it's this one that means the most during times like this, I think. Grace is divine strength in human hearts. Now, we all know that grace is what is applied at our salvation. For by grace are you saved through faith. Even when we were dead in sins, God hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are ye saved. There is no salvation apart from grace. The man who wrote Amazing Grace, John Newton, you should read his story. A horrible man. A slave, a slave, uh, a slave owner and a slave, uh, slave ship owner. And he wrote Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. He also said this quote. He said, one day when I get to heaven, I will be surprised at three things. Said, I will be surprised to see a lot of people there that I didn't expect to see. Said, the second thing that will surprise me is I won't see people there that I did expect to see. There's a lot of religious people who will go to hell. Religion doesn't save you. If somebody has ever told you that religion saves you, you you've been lied to. Someone ever told you that your good works can outweigh your bad works, you've been lied to. Someone ever told you that getting baptized as a baby takes you to heaven, you've been lied to. Someone ever told you that there is any way that you can work or beg or, or borrow or steal your way to heaven, you've been lied to. Gift is, uh, uh, grace is like that gift that is sitting right there under that tree. And imagine if it had your name on it. Danny Allegria, Daniel Allegria. Sir, all you have to do to make that yours is to take it. Accept it. No strings attached. If it said, to Daniel Allegria from Johnny Che, and then you took it and you opened it, and then I said, you need to pay me back for that, it's no longer a gift. It's a purchase. Too many people are trying to purchase their way to heaven. It's a gift. All you have to do is accept it. And he said, the third thing that will surprise me, though, more than not seeing people there that I expected to see and more than seeing people there that I didn't expect to see, he said, the thing that will surprise me the most is that I will be there. Grace is what is applied at salvation. There is no salvation apart from grace. You can't have salvation without grace. We all know that grace is what is applied throughout our sanctification. So it's grace that saves us, but it's also grace that grows us. For the grace of God that hath uh, appeared to all, that bringeth salvation, hath appeared to all men, is what uh, Titus 2.11 says. Teaching us doesn't just bring salvation, it teaches us, continues. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world. So there is no salvation apart from grace. There is no growth apart from grace. But it is also grace that is applied during our tribulation. It comes at salvation. It comes throughout our sanctification, but it's applied during our tribulation. God told Peter, I'm sorry, God told Paul, my grace is sufficient for thee.
for my strength is made perfect in weakness. There is no strength apart from grace. Now let's be honest. The place of weakness, the place of exhaustion, the place of questions and mystery and tears and heartache is a place that nobody desires to be. But when you find yourself in that place, it's wonderful to know that grace is there with you. And to know that the strength of Almighty God can come to the frail hearts of mankind through the channel of grace. And tonight, I just want to remind you, if I could, of a few truths of God's amazing grace. Martha and Mary and many others here in this passage have just said goodbye to somebody very dear to them. Of all the emotions in the world that a human heart can feel, there is none heavier than the emotion of grief. And it had been four days, four days now since Lazarus died, but to Martha and Mary it must have felt like an eternity one of the first details that stood out to me this morning when I was reading this passage was found in verse 19. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. But after four days of being surrounded by friends and family, people who truly loved Mary and Martha, we find them here still bowed down very low with grief. When Jesus came after those four days, the Bible says that he saw Mary still weeping. All the Jews that came to comfort them still weeping. So here's the first reminder that I wish to share with you tonight. Grace brings comfort that man can never bring. We've all been helped by somebody else before. We've all been comforted by a conversation before. We can all thank somebody, probably in here, for being there for us when we needed a listening ear. But there are times when all the kind words in the world and all the loving gestures that can be shown and all the company that can be present are simply insufficient. The words don't dry our tears. The gestures don't mend our hearts. The company doesn't alleviate our anguish. And it's very simple to understand why. If mankind accumulated every word of human kindness and every gesture of human love and every bit of joy that human company can bring to a heart, it would not compare to one drop of grace. Grace was about to accomplish in one moment what friends and family had been trying to do for four days. So friend, when it seems you can't be comforted, grace is what you need. When it seems you can't stop the tears, grace is what you need. When it seems you can't go on, grace is what you need. Don't look to man what only grace can give to you. Now perhaps you say, I'm looking for grace. 
very hard. Because I don't know how I'm going to make it through another day. Well, number two is this. Grace always arrives right when you need it. Martha thought otherwise. Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother would not have died. Mary thought otherwise. Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. In writing this story, John was inspired of the Holy Spirit to point out in verse 6 of chapter 11 that when Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Now, we know from John chapter 10, verse 40, that the place where he was, was, quote, where John at first baptized. We know from John 1, 28, that where John first baptized was a place called Bethabara, about 40 miles away from Bethany, where Lazarus was. A two-day journey on its own to get from Bethabara to Bethany. And yet Jesus still chose to stay for two days in Bethabara. And church, do you know how it feels to send a prayer to God like those two ladies sent a message to Jesus? Said, Lord, we need you. But instead of an answer coming back right away, it seems like grace is abiding in Bethabara so far away. And we don't understand why. We need grace where we are. Friends are doing their best. Family is trying their hardest. We're fighting to keep our head above water, but we need grace. We need grace. And here's what I can promise you. As sure as God is on the throne, and he is, I promise you with all the sincerity that God can give me, grace always arrives right when you need it. When waters are about to flood your life, grace will arrive just in time to close the door and carry you high above the danger, and not one drop will find its way inside. When you are being thrown to the den of lions, grace will arrive just in time to shut their mouths, and you'll sleep through the night. When the enemy turns up the heat of the furnace seven times, grace will arrive just in time to walk with you through the flames, and not even the smell of smoke will stick to you. But there's another wonder of grace here that I find in this story. Number three, grace understands the pain that you feel. So first of all, grace brings comfort that no man can bring. Grace always arrives right when you need it. And three, grace understands the pain that we feel. Now, I'll tell you something. I think you know this about me. I love studying the Bible. I love finding a difficult verse or a passage and studying through until the light comes on. And Isaiah has given me a run for my money. I'll tell you that. I love when the Holy Spirit illuminates a scripture that was once dim in my mind. You know what I'm talking about? You should. You should know. But there are some portions of scripture that I have just accepted <laughs> that I may never understand. Uh, many of them in Deuteronomy, many in Revelation, many in the prophets. 
but of all the verses in the Bible that I may never understand, the one that astonishes me the most are the two words of John eleven thirty five. I don't understand those. A preacher said, this is the shortest verse in word, but the longest in substance. Think about this. The God of all creation, who knew that Lazarus would die. He knew that Lazarus would die while all the people around him were praying for the opposite. He knew that Lazarus would not stay dead. He knew that. He knew that in just a few moments, he was going to be speaking with Lazarus. He knew that. And yet when he saw, when he saw those whom he loved, torn by grief, he himself was torn. When he saw those whom he loved, under the burden of sorrow, he himself was made sorrowful. When he saw those whom he loved weeping, he himself wept. And then said the Jews, behold how he loved him. For we have not in high priest what cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. There are few things more frustrating to me than somebody saying, I know how you feel when they have no clue what you're going through. Job's friends meant well, I'm sure that they did. But Job also meant what he said when he told them, miserable comforters are ye all. But not our Jesus. He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. How could that be? How, how could the Son of God be burdened down with sorrows and grief? Was it because of something that he had done? No. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Through the eyes of grace, every pain that you feel becomes his own. So church, when nobody knows your burden, when nobody sees your tears, when nobody understands your care, cast all your care upon him, for he careth for you. I don't know much. I don't know how it feels to lose a child. I don't know how it feels to lose a spouse. I don't know how it feels to lose a parent. But I'm so glad that Grace knows Grace knows how to fill your void left by a loved one. Grace knows how to heal your betrayed heart. 
Grace knows how to use a broken vessel. Grace knows how to rekindle that dying flame of love in your soul. Grace knows how to keep you home when your prodigal is out in the far country. Grace knows how to calm your worried mind. Grace knows how to help you let go of the past. Grace knows how to lead you in the present day and how to guide you in the future. Wherever we are deficient, grace is sufficient because he understands the pain that we feel. There is no place where God can lead where you won't find the strength you need. And you can trust, though hid from view, that grace will be there to see you through. Now, why can grace bring comfort that no man can? Why does grace always arrive right when you need it? Even when you think it's late, it comes on time. Why? How does grace understand the pain that we feel? Because all through this passage and all throughout the Bible, I see, lastly, grace always comes with Jesus. There's a man named Euclid. I have no idea who he is. Probably because he loved geometry and I try to avoid those type of people. But he wrote five general axioms about geometry in his spare time. And he said, things that are equal to the same things are equal to each other. So if A equals C and B equals C, then A equals B. We said earlier in the message, there is no salvation apart from grace. We can just as easily say there is no salvation apart from Jesus. Therefore, there is no grace apart from Jesus. Paul told Timothy, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. We said earlier, there is no growth apart from grace. We can just as easily say there is no growth apart from Jesus. Philippians 1.6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Yes, that verse is speaking primarily of the Holy Ghost, but what did Jesus call the Holy Ghost? Another comforter. Who was the first one? Jesus' work of growth in your life is continued by the person of the Holy Spirit. All of that to say this, where there is grace, there is Jesus. And where there is Jesus, there is grace. And here's the most wonderful, wonderful part about that truth. If grace is wherever Jesus is, Jesus said, lo, I am with you. Always. Now, not if you're not his child. That's why God can say, my grace is sufficient for thee. And that's why God can say, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Because as long as Jesus is alive, 
That means Jesus is with you. As his child, he is with you. And as long as Jesus is with you, then the grace that you need, no matter what you face, is already in your possession. Though or things of this world I may grieve, all that he sends me I'll gladly receive, because when I read his word I believe his grace is sufficient for me. Though I may see but one step at a time, as on the pathway of glory I climb, yet I'll believe in the promise divine, his grace is sufficient for me. So living, I'll serve him wherever I go, e'en though it be where the dark waters flow. And dying, I'll praise him, for well do I know, his grace is sufficient for me. And when I shall stand face to face with my king, still to the word of his promise I'll cling. And with the ransomed forever I'll sing, his grace was sufficient for me. God will never lead you where his grace will not sustain you. We don't need answers. Lord, we don't need all the answers. We just need you. Where Jesus is, even in sorrow, there's joy. Where Jesus is, even in tears, there's a smile. Where Jesus is, even in mystery, there's peace. Where Jesus is, even in hurt, there is healing. Even in darkness, there's light. Even in weakness, there's strength. And even in death, there is life. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.